1: And we are back.
0: We are. All we're right. here. That back was, uh, because we tried this once before and it did. didn't work out so well. So here we are again.
1: Uh, I wasn't going to actually tell them that. Well, but, you know, yeah, people
0: are people.
1: Uh, people are people. <laughs> we're we're definitely real people. Yeah. Do people make mistakes? Uh, yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> Every day. Yes. we got a great show. This one's yeah. going to be a lot of fun because um, I'm an auctioneer. Mm-hmm. We've got a great auctioneer on the phone with us mm-hmm. that's being piped in right now. Uh, Mr. Jay Cash is going to join us, and we're going to talk about working with buyers' agents at auction, auctioneers allowing r- realtors or agents to bring a buyer to their auction. I'm, I'm excited about this because it's not only a great topic, it's going to be kind of controversial amongst a lot of auctioneers, so we, uh, we should get a great mixture of yeah. uh, fan mail. Hey, great show, or I hate you. Fan yeah. mail. <laughs> Jay, are you with us?
2: Oh, I'm right here. There he is. i so okay. glad to be with you guys. Man, what a treat to be with you here
0: today. Oh, well, thanks for well, coming. Well, we
1: appreciate your time. Yeah. I know your company's super busy, and, and who we've got with us in the studio right now uh, via the phone mm-hmm. is Jay Cash, Tell me if I get this right. James R. Cash Auctions and Real Estate. uh, That was, I believe, your dad's company. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. And you now, many years ago, yep.
1: You now run the company and probably have for several years, and uh, you are the guy.
2: It is. That is it. Yeah. My first auction was October 20th, 1984. My mom and dad were having a huge estate auction in southern illinois they sold the farmland the cows the farm machinery the pots and pans out of the house uh, my mom was the cashier my dad was of course the auctioneer and four and four days later i was born so i've been in the auction industry my entire life that was on october 20th 1984. Wow. And on october 24th i was born so this is all i know how to do And I've been around it my entire life.
1: Literally born into the auction business.
2: Yep, that's correct. It's a fun, I have the brochure from that day too that makes it even more fun to tell that story is (laughs) finding that 37-year-old auction brochure that I
1: carry with me. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're located in a beautiful part of America, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, out there. And I think y'all call it Middleton. It is
2: the geographical center of the state. We actually have a monument here in the state just, two or three miles away that says you are standing in the geographical center. So if you want to know where I'm at, that is exactly where I'm at within about two or three miles. So just ask around and you'll find us here.
1: I'm trying to envision on a map, Tennessee's kind of a a rectangle east to west, right? It's Mm -hmm. not quite as deep north to south, but it's real long east to west.
2: That is correct. Uh, The east and west is like driving across Texas. It's long, but uh, up and down, you can cross the state pretty easy on I-65, just going north south through nashville we're just 25 30 miles outside of nashville and just what a auction rich community this is you know we talk to auctioneers all over the country and hey they're not prevalent there's not many auctions in my area on any given weekend you could have five auction signs or six or ten nice. on any cross section here in middle tennessee and uh And then when the guys don't pick them up, you may even have more than that the next weekend. But uh, very, very rich (laughs) If they don't
0: go get their signs, there might be more signs the next weekend. Is that what you just said? That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I want to qualify you just a little bit. I looked at the website earlier. You have multiple real estate auctions coming up right now. And and the reason for this is we could be doing a, a podcast show today on let's say gun auctions, and you get your guest on there, and it's like, well, yeah, I I had a, a gun auction about ten years ago, and it's like, no, J J Cash is selling real estate at auction every week every other week they have properties coming up so this topic about allowing buyers agents and what qualifies this guy to actually speak with us on the podcast show and to give his insight is they're doing it you're in the thick of it and you're working in the real estate auction industry on a on a weekly basis correct
2: that is correct that's it we're licensed in 14 states and got broker's license majority of those Wow. you know right now we've got real estate auctions in kentucky southern illinois and middle tennessee and um working with buyers which is our topic today uh, it's funny how you go into different pockets uh, of the country and you know when in rome do as the romans do middle tennessee is very auction savvy we rep we have a lot of buyers agents come to auctions western kentucky not nearly as much and in southern illinois nearly non-existent there are no buyers agents trying to represent their buyers at auctions uh, so it just changes where we go uh, throughout the throughout the united states but really primarily in those few states there because real estate is local mm-hmm. uh, certainly we could sell real estate anywhere if we have a license to do it but uh, you can be most successful when you when you know the market like the back of your hand which is western kentucky west tennessee uh middle tennessee and then we're just a few miles you know an hour and a half from north georgia and north alabama that will pick up some but uh just a, a neat pocket of the world to be able to touch so many states it's actually miserable at times when you have to renew your licenses i was about to say all those states uh, it's miserable but uh, usually it pays for itself at the end of the year so it's not that big a deal
0: there's got to be a lot of reciprocity through there too yeah, yeah. okay yeah. Except <laughs> i would illinois. hope so that, that like sounds a, like a lot yeah. of hoops so
2: <laughs> illinois does not play well with others so yeah. you normally have to go through uh A lot more stuff to get uh, licensed in Illinois. But, uh, you know, the finest assets in the world are sold at auction. I believe that. From Mm -hmm. automobiles to racehorses, fine art jewelry to real estate. There's no exceptions. And at the end of the day, sellers deserve to have absolute certainty when it comes time to selling their most valuable assets, which is typically real estate. And likewise, I think buyers deserve a fair opportunity to buy At auction, and that's really one of the best benefits for a buyer. They're on a level playing field. And in this market where we're at, uh, you know, and probably similar to most pockets of the country from what I'm reading, you know, there's multiple offers being thrown in on many different homes. Mm -hmm. You don't know what the other offers are. You don't know if there's escalation clauses. You don't know if the other buyers and other offers are waiving their inspection contingencies, if they're waiving their appraisal contingencies. And you don't know if you're grossly overpaying for this house, but it gets to the point after you've made offers on seven, eight, 10 different houses, you get to the point of just find one, just buy it. What does it take to buy this house? And uh, that's where an auction can be a buyer's best friend. Good decisions can be made at an auction. You don't have to necessarily overpay. You just have to pay what it takes to buy that house. Mm -hmm. And uh, we welcome buyer's agents to our auctions almost all the time on every single auction we have and we've had great success with it but what's so interesting like Sean said uh, you know it's a highly contentious topic you could talk about this in a group full of auctioneers and it's happened before where another auctioneer will say I don't want a buyer's agent anywhere near my auction cuz they're just going to screw it up or they're just going to get in the way and it's really just an all a, a matter of perspective of what you believe and how you want to operate your business but I think there are far more positives to the seller for the buyer, for the seller, for everybody to allow buyer's agents to represent their clients at auction.
1: Yeah. Well, let's, uh, so one thing about this show that, um, because you can get passion, you can get, well, here's my belief system and I either, I want it or I don't want it, but then you have the other side of the the coin that doesn't always get met is the legal obligations behind. So let's clarify a couple things for the listeners. Number one is, and this is not applicable to every state in the United States. I want to make sure and make that clear. But in the vast majority of the states in the U.S., uh, a real estate license is required for you to be an auctioneer of real estate. If you're going to call bids or have or sell property at auction. Now, are there states that that absolutely is not applicable? Yes, They have an auctioneer's license in a lot of states across the U.S. Um, Not very many of those states will that circumvent the use or the need for a real estate license. Missouri, the state that I happen to be located in, is um, a little bit of an anomaly there. So Missouri, uh, for example... You pay $52 to buy an auctioneer's license on an annual basis, and you can perform all of the duties of a licensed real estate practitioner, a broker, mm-hmm. um, as long as you sell that property at auction. Well, that's, uh, that's a pretty rare case in the United States. So once again, I wanted to edify that that's, um, you know, the licensing requirement. If you're required in Tennessee, do you have to have, let me ask that real quick, Jay, do you have to have a real estate license to be a real estate auctioneer in the state of Tennessee?
2: Yes, you do. To sell at auction, you must have a real estate license.
1: So there's gonna be in each one of those states, the real estate commission. There's Mm -hmm. a commission over that. They're gonna have a set of codes and standards that they follow. And One of the things that we wanna talk a little bit about that governs the agency relationship, your, your fiduciary obligations to your client. So if you're an auctioneer with a real estate license, you have an, you have an obligation to that seller. Those are governed by what I think is commonly referred to as BRETA, which is the Brokerage Relationship and Real Estate Transaction Act. And that was, uh, that was, I believe, founded and adopted by most of the states out there back in 97 is the date that I'm reading on it. Okay, so we have, you have an auctioneer's license, I believe, in Tennessee. You have a real estate license in Tennessee. So let's, yeah. let's talk about this. Like, first, let's approach this conversation. Well, am I, are you going to allow buyer's agents to participate in your auction? What's the legal obligation there? to the client. Because under the yeah. agency law, under Britta, the first one, and, and I'll just, I'll read the, the one that really is, it says promoting the interest of the seller with the utmost good faith, loyalty, and fidelity. And then the rest of it gets into, you got to protect their confidences and disclosed information. You got to present offers in a timely manner and so on. But that first one out there would be the one that probably points to this question the most
2: yeah you know it's interesting i forget the 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 lawsuit that's going through right now with nar just uh, the whole legalities of even paying your broker's agents in a a traditional mls setting you know when you have that buyer's agent coming in you know trying to argue whose money is it well you always got to realize that commission typically was negotiated between the seller and the seller's agent whatever percentage that is and obviously there is no set commission anywhere it's all whatever you can negotiate and then the sales agent, this listing agent, they agree to co opt whatever percentage or dollar amount to a buyer's agent that brings them a qualified buyer. Right. And there's a lot of contentions there. The seller's paying basically a buyer's agent to come and negotiate against them, to negotiate for the buyer, not the seller. And, uh, you know, really no different, you know, when it comes to an auction. When that buyer's agent comes, are they coming to generate more money for your seller or are they there to talk their buyer into getting the? the best deal they can and try to negotiate the most money they can for them. In a, in a private MLS setting, I can always say, yeah, the buyer's agent is there to get the best deal they can for their client. Uh, You know, coming to an auction, I always say, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing a buyer that you have procured They're They're coming to the auction and uh, let's face it. If they're interested in this property, they're going to come with you or not is what I see. But uh, in, in Tennessee, Primarily, as a, as a rule, not a law, most auction companies do not require that broker participate the broker uh, representation agreement to be signed or presented prior to the auction. Now, there's some companies that's all they need to see. Hey, are you legally representing this a, this client? And if so, just submit that to us, and we'll pay you whatever pre-agreed two percent. Most auction companies that I see in Middle Tennessee and Kentucky and the states we work in, they have their own form. Mm-hmm. You download it off the website, you fill in whatever information you have, and, and, and you come and be generally helpful, whatever that means. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we could, I could. I've got a list of different nuances that I see other auction companies uh, require, but uh, no, I, I agree with you 100% there on just the legalities of it. you got to make sure, obviously, to get paid, you must be a licensed real estate professional. That commission, no different than on a private transaction gets paid to the broker at the closing. And then from there you get whatever your broker tells you you're getting or whatever you've agreed to there. So well, it's probably the same in all the States, it's, something like that.
1: It's interesting. You, you had mentioned um, that they don't require the buyer's broker participation form to be filled out ahead of the auction. And the, and I, I have heard auctioneers in the past, the contra argument is, well, they weren't represented through the buying process Um, We got down to actually signing the purchase contract. And in there, they see that there's maybe a checkbox in there that the buyer is or is not represented. And they got on the phone and they called their sister, who's a realtor. You know, they said, oh, by the way, I want to... by the
0: way, you're about to get a check in the mail. I want (laughs) to clip that 2%
1: or that 3% out of there and give it to one of my um, my people. So I think pre-qualifying them in the registration process or before is at least just lining them up that somebody is going to professionally be representing them 100% at auction
2: 100 agree so we've got two types of forms here so our tennessee association of realtors they have so many forms so many forms that mm-hmm. you can download and they're wonderful you go into kentucky and they do not the the, the realtor association these are not state forms these are a realtor specific forms that the tar tennessee association of realtors has prepared and there is a form within there that all realtors pretty much respect and abide by and that's the buyer's representation agreement that you will have on any private listing. Now, some auctioneers will take that form and that's all you need to submit. Most auction companies will have their own broker participation form that is required. So I may have misspoke there, but they do require some sort of broker participation form. It could be something they've typed up in-house that is exclusive to this, you know, that specific auction company, but there's no state governed form. This is what a buyer's rep form looks like. There is through the, the association of realtors that is specifically for Tennessee, which again, we're getting into the weeds really too. And if that's far as how Tennessee operates, but mm-hmm. most auction companies will require you to identify yourself prior to the auction. If I could tell you a great story, I don't know, this may not be the yeah. right time for it, but uh, some auction companies say, oh, heck, just come on. Well, if, if, you're, if you if bring your clients, show up, gosh, if they buy it, we'll pay you a little bit. In 2008, I, was, I, I know what it's like to be poor. We sold our last auction we had was in September of 08. I had no idea that was my last auction for the year until February of 09. And uh, what a miserable time to be um, in the real estate business but we had a realtor and she was a good one. She was the realtor of the year. They Mm -hmm. voted her in as the best realtor. And man, I guess she was because what she did, she stood at the end of the driveway at the mailbox. And as people walked up, she'd say, Hey, are you represented by anybody at the auction today? And of course nobody was represented, uh, but she would print out an MLS comp sheet, the tax record, all of which is public record and hand it to them and say, Hey, if you don't mind, let me register you up there and I'll, I'll represent you and I'll tell you everything I know about this house so you can make a good decision. Well, she didn't procure any of those buyers. They were mm. coming to the auction regardless. And she just was hedging them off at the, at the mailbox before they got up to register uh, with us at the house. And you know, heck, how did she have 13 people registered for that sale that day? Yeah. Well, she was pegging them off at the, uh, at, at the, the door. Yeah. <laughs> so that pretty much made it where you must identify yourself. A lot of auction companies will say 24 hours prior, 48 hours prior, mm-hmm. two hours before the auction. You can't just show up and say, Oh, uh, I came to the auction today with my uh buyer's agent here, and I want to make sure they get paid if I buy it. And there are so many nuances within an auction. You know, if you're a realtor, you know, we have all, you know, every realtor no matter who you are, if you're a real estate professional, you have all dealt with, uh, home inspectors that, you know, they're good. They are good. They're not going to screw up a deal. They're not going to, you know, scare off your clients, but they're going to tell your client what they need to know. You've all, we've all dealt with a handyman (laughs) or home improvement guys that can fix a licky faucet can fix things and, and they don't make it more complicated. We've all worked with closing attorneys that could, they couldn't close the front door much less close a transaction Right or, uh, uh, and, and the thing is no different with auctioneers and real estate professionals there's all walks of life so you could deal with one company that is the utmost uh they they, they got all their eyes uh, all their T's crossed and the I's dotted and you can deal with another auction company that you know heck they couldn't they, they, they barely know what they're doing and so that's the tough part in this industry you know you've got all walks of life uh you know sometimes working and you can't weed out who the reputable ones are and, mm-hmm. and who the ones that maybe should be, uh, sticking to something else in life, but it takes all kinds to make, make the world work. So you're going to find every auction company may have different restrictions or requirements in order to get paid. And I'll be glad to go down the list of, of, of uh, criteria that I see at, at, at any given auction
1: that Jay, may offer
2: broker participation.
1: You bring up something kind of interesting. I've seen a lot of auction companies that, um, and, and let's go back to Britta, let's go back to, the, to yeah. the licensing laws one more time. So there's a section, and they're very similar in your duties and your responsibilities, your f- fiduciary duties to that, that client, um, wh- whether you're a seller's agent or a buyer's agent. These, believe it or not, they kind of parallel mm-hmm. each other. But number two is um, is protecting the buyer's confidences, and uh, unless disclosure is required. And the first one, the utmost good faith, loyalty, and fidelity to that client. So, a lot of auction companies, and I, I think you know this is an arguable point, but they have said you can't register more than one buyer at this auction. How are you going to sit there next to a buyer? and have their best interest in mind and have 13 other buyers in the room you're doing the same thing for because those people are in theory they're directly in competition with each other so it's not physically or feasibly possible for you to represent more than one person and to have their best interest in mind now i guess there's a you know there would be a premise where they said we're absolutely out we're finished with the auction and you could leapfrog over to the next person that's not but you know, nobody's doing that. What um, a wonderful option.
2: question! I'm telling you, I, I I love the argument there, and um, I agree with you 100 percent there that you could you could take that and, and and make it whatever you want to. You might argue, well, I can represent both of these clients to the best of my ability, and uh, but but what a what a statement! And uh, it's funny how a lot of these things get overlooked in a transaction. Sometimes you know, putting the best. Uh, always looking out for the best interest of your client, following the lawful instructions of them always. And, um, it does make it interesting when you come to an auction because, you know, obviously we're there to get the most money for the seller and Mm -hmm. make no mistakes. We're going to help a buyer any way we can, but our fiduciary duty is to the seller to make sure we get the most money we possibly can. Yes, sir. And uh, it's almost like you're working in a uh, you know, I, I, com- completely competing against each other with those statements. So I agree with you. It's well, I think great,
1: great I, argument. I think it's a disclosure issue, you know, because in theory, if you were to go up and say, hey, by the way, as you're representing, you know, and you're signing a buyer's agency or a buyer's representation agreement with this buyer, do they know you have 13 other people yeah. in the room or even I mean, two other people buyer, in the room? I mean, a buyer,
0: I would be yeah. pretty upset if I found out, oh, okay, well, you're more worried about, you know, Greta over there, whoever it is, than you were about exactly. me.
1: Exactly. So. It's it's easy to get in a twist mm-hmm. in that scenario. Now I'm going to spin this around because we're talking about allowing buyers, a, a buyers agents to bring a potential buyer to the auction or to represent them. And this is an argument that's came up a lot of times when you're listing this with the seller. Does the seller actually understand if you're an auction company? And I'm not advocating either way. I mean, I have my own beliefs that more buyers is better for the seller. And if an agent out here has somebody that they're going to represent that could potentially inflate the price, um, you know, and, and, uh, and elevate the price and get a better price, then yes, I want that person there. So I'm a believer in that buyer's broker participation. My question would be for the auctioneers that don't, have you disclosed that thoroughly? Does your seller actually understand that you're not allowing other agents to bring buyers to that auction. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of real estate agents in this country that do not belong to the National Association of Realtors. It is not very prevalent when you get outside of urban America back into non-urban America. You don't have a lot of what they coin as realtors. That's a, that's a, a trademark mm-hmm. uh, yep. of the National Realtors Association. But this report I just read said in 2020, there's 1.46 million National Association of Realtors or Realtors in the United States. I think you could easily, maybe if you didn't double, at least add, there's going to be well over 2 million licensed agents in this country. Mm -hmm. And in your state, you just carved all of them out of this transaction by not offering that fee. How do you feel about that, Jay?
2: I agree. So the broker buyer broker relationship is really interesting. So when you fill that form out for those NAR members, those National Association of Realtors, the NARS, um, Realtors, the big R, everybody knows what I'm talking about. I think Uh, that buyer rep agreement says, Mr. Buyer, Mrs. Buyer, you agree to pay me X amount of money if I find you a home that meets the three bedrooms, two bath, brick home, one acre lot. If I find this for you and you agree to purchase it, you will pay me. Let's make up a number, whatever number you want, you know, 3%, 5%, 10%, whatever, 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh there it is. Typically, that's when you explain. Now, now most cases, the seller is going to co-op a certain percentage to me. Now, that may not be the full amount, and you're going to be responsible for paying me the balance of that. They may, you know, you agree to pay me three percent. The seller's agent, that brokerage firm, may pay me one and a half. You're going to owe me one and a half to equal my full three percent. That's very difficult to collect on. That as a buyer's agent, that's difficult. But say you find a for sale by owner, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a buyer's rep there that buyer has agreed. They have signed a contract with you and your firm saying I'm going to pay you 3% on in, on the house that I buy. Uh, it's just a lot easier if the seller is offering the commission to begin with versus you having to negotiate that that afterwards. So just because an auction company isn't offering uh, a commission doesn't exclude a buyer from paying their realtor, their 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 agent, you know, that commission they agreed to. Now obviously they're not going to just probably volunteer the money up. And there have been so many stories that I've heard from buyers agents where their buyer goes to the auction, and on Monday morning they go, "Oh gosh, we found the perfect house this weekend. We showed up at the auction and we bought it. We can't believe it. Didn't even think, didn't even think we had a chance of buying it. We ended up buying that thing. Thank you for helping us the last three months, and uh, we appreciate all you did for us." And that <laughs> buyers that's agent, pretty totally common easily, too. Yeah, it's very common. But uh, that the the buyers agent at that point could say, "Hey, we have an agreement." you you bought a house uh you know if they're the procuring cause could it have been a house they showed prior to the prior prior to it going to the auction a lot of times that buyer's rep agreement is thrown out the window if it's not offered by the seller but that's between the buyer and the buyer's agent mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the seller what they're willing to co-op their agency relation is such a interesting thing to study and look at and so many people have a misconception about that um you know, the, 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 the listing agent does not have to offer a commission to a buyer out there. Now, if it's in the MLS, a multiple listing service uh, in Middle Tennessee, we have one of the top 10 uh, MLS MLS is in the country. It is massive. How much data and information and it's owned by a conglomerate of the realtor associations throughout the state. They own it's called real tracks is what our MLS is called. But the whole point of the MLS is to co-op commissions. So you cannot be in the MLS without offering some sort of compensation to a buyer's agent. It could and be there,
1: $1. And I was going to $1. say, and there, and there in line is some sort. It doesn't, it can't legally actually dictate how much.
2: Cannot, how much? has to be a dollar, $500, 5%, 10, whatever number you put in there. But you can't put in there zero.
1: Nothing. You yeah. have
2: to co-op something. In that MLS.
1: So here's a couple of things. Look, you know, it's funny. It it always boils down to money, doesn't Mm -hmm.
2: it? Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I mean, that's really that's what all this is about, Jay. That's
0: what everyone's in the business. They want to save money. They want to make as much money as possible, including auctioneers and agents. I mean, they have to make a living and put food on their table just as much as absolutely. Just
2: like I said, if the buyer sees they're going to have to pay more to use their agent. They'll throw that agent under the bus. Mm -hmm. Oh, heck no. If I got to pay them another 500 bucks, let's forget it. Now, there are some people that say, oh, my gosh, they were phenomenal. We couldn't have done it without them. Absolutely. We're going to pay them. They were wonderful. But I have heard far more stories of cutting the agent out, cutting the commission out, even though you have done your due diligence and you have done your part of the deal. That is, I agree. It's, it comes down to money always.
1: I think there's a certain percentage of that that happens out of, and, and always out of greed. There's just people that say, well, you know, if there's ten percent, I want it all, or if there's eight percent, or six, or whatever. That again, this isn't about the amount of the commissions. It's about the the structure and the strategy behind trying to maximize a sale for the client for your seller. Um, and there are some that can see that as uh, there are auctioneers that would make the statement said, well, the problem is they don't bring any value to the equation. I said, tell me what that means. And it's the gal standing out at the mailbox trying to clip people coming in the front door that were already walking into the mm-hmm. auction they' They've already arrived. We can help them fill out the purchase contract. We've disclosed everything. It's a non finance sale or it's not subject to financing. So there, there's just nothing really, physically for them to do. And we're going to get into that. What is acceptable duties and and kind of a workload for a buyer's agent. But before we get to that, since this is about commissions, there's a There's a commission structure in the listing agreement between the auctioneer and the seller. And what we're talking about right now, generally, whether that is a seller's commission or it's the buyer's premium that's coming in, which is an add on. And they say, well, the buyer's paying that commission. Well, actually, in a lot of states, the buyer's giving all of that money to the seller and the seller's still going to pay it. But whatever. My point of all this is we're talking about taking or extracting a percentage of that commission to give to a third party that you don't really see the value in. And when I say it's always about the money, a lot if, and Jay Cash, it sounds like, is a proponent of offering as much as he can offer to his seller to, get the, to maximize value. So if I show up with a buyer that's ready, willing, and able to buy, what I'm hearing from you, Jay, is that you would, you would be open to that anyways. But for the people that are not open to it, if I came to them and said, hey, I've I've got a buyer or two or three buyers here. I don't want anything. I don't want any commission or anything. I just want to bring them to your auction, and I think they may buy something, and you just keep all the commission. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. This is about money.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. And you, you kicked off the program warning. It may upset some folks. But I always say, if you, if you hear something, you're listening to something, you don't like what you're hearing, I always say, why? What about this is bothering me? What experience has happened in life that made you say, I'm never doing this again? And I've had the worst of the worst. I've had the agent stand at the mailbox and absolutely you know, beat the system that way. And I learned from it. But I still see the value in co-oping it out there. Because like you said, there's a million realtors out there. And let's face it, they'll do what they can to discourage their buyer from coming to that auction if they know they don't have a chance of getting paid. But if they know there's a little bit of money to be made, More times than not, they will say, all right, well, let's explore it. It probably isn't going to fit your needs or what have you, but it's still there. One of the reasons I like it is because, one, to put it in the MLS, I have to co-op something. But I also like it once it gets populated in there, the demand in our market is, is extraordinary, but we're getting more phone calls more showings, more feedback. And what does that do? It makes my seller feel better because Mm -hmm. I can give them structured feedback from competent brokers. Most of them competent. Hey, you know, these, these, these are some of the top producers in the County are showing your house and here's what they're telling me. Uh, it's, it's what we knew to begin with all, you know, it's a little dated. It's got this, Hey, the sink call out back is worrying, but whatever the you know, or they love it. They can't wait. Or it is getting me folks asking, can we buy it now? Can we buy it before the auction? Which is a whole nother show. My gosh, we could talk <laughs> about that.
1: Yes, it is. Um, Jay, there um, are
2: so many requirements, uh, so many positives that I think do outweigh those negatives that come into play.
1: I couldn't agree more. And I've got a couple of strategies. There's a, there's a couple of things that are popping up in the auction business <laughs> around how to actually take the commission or change, alter that conversation where it's, it's not um, as maybe intrusive or offensive to the auctioneers that are, are still, um, they're still a little bit against offering that for their sellers. And I'll tell you what I'd like to do. We're going to slip away. We need to hear from our sponsors real quick. I want to come back and talk to you about that commission structure, maybe a couple strategies that works. And then we'll talk about the duties and the workload of, uh, of that buyer's agent. That sounds good. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Jay Cash
0: ever dream of owning a country estate historic home or lakefront property log on to unitedcountry.com would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains unitedcountry.com ever dream of your own private hunting preserve UnitedCountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to UnitedCountry.com and find your freedom.
1: Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes
0: you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com
1: and keep the tax dollars working for you.
2: buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for america's mineral owners whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights mineral marketing has you covered mineralmarketing.com the oil and gas marketplace
1: and we're back in the studio with jay cash we're talking about buyers agents at uh, auction allowing them and we started to talk about the commission just a little bit, and I wanted to pursue this. Here's something that I, I've seen kind of growing. Jay, I want to, I want your thoughts on this. Uh, the buyer's premium mm-hmm. has become prevalent in different areas of the country. We're seeing it more and more in real estate. Whether it is prevalent or not, I saw the other day where somebody charged a buyer's premium. I want to say it was like 5% or something. But if you have an, a, a buyer's representation, you pay 7%. Or so it's, it's not, it's again, it's not about the percentage. It's about you pay two points or three points above that. And that money goes to your buyer's agent, leaving it up to the buyer, whether they want to hire an agent or not. What are your thoughts about that?
2: I think whatever you know, as auctioneers, we get to run our business the way we want to. There are so many interesting ways that can be constructed. And it's all about how, what you and your seller agree to. Uh, you know, there's, there's time. So to get to that question, um, go, go over that scenario one more time, what you saw there with the buyer's premium. And so if you're
1: representing so the buyer. Yeah. So the buyer's buyer premium, pays, buyer's premium is what it is, you know, for, for it, you pay this much, but if you're represented by an agent, you pay two or three points higher and that extra two or three points okay. goes to your buyer's agent.
2: Uh, I've tried that before and didn't see it hurt or, or help in any way. Didn't see it move the needle one way or the other. Um, I've seen uh, the, the, the auctioneer agree to pay it out of their portion, or perhaps the seller agrees to pay those one, to whatever dollar amount, whatever amount you want to pay to the third-party broker if a third-party agent is the winning bidder, if that buyer has an agent, obviously. So, it, I mean, you can negotiate in any way. I see many times the, that did not – it didn't affect us when we tried that. It didn't make the sale – less as successful uh we did not have an agent that was represented a, a buyer was not represented by an agent on that particular scenario but i think that's a great trial and error to see if that works you know one of the phone calls we get so this you know this is in western kentucky southern illinois where it's not as widely accepted you come to middle tennessee you're probably going to get paid if you meet the certain criteria but a, a buyer calls and says hey i've got a buyer i got i got a buyer for this farm this property i've been searching up and down all over the world now you have got it for sale at auction and uh what will you pay me to bring my buyer to your auction and so typically what this phone call sounds like is well we're not paying you anything and they want to know why not why are you not willing to pay me i'm not going to bring my buyer if you don't pay me well one this property may have already been listed and i've heard this happen the seller says man it's been listed I gave every realtor, every every real estate professional the last six months to bring me a buyer. Where were they when I was offering whatever commission, and they never brought me a buyer. Now I'm having an auction. I don't want to pay a third-party broker. Uh, They may have – the the, the seller may have declined. It may have been listed before. Maybe the auctioneer knows the property is going to sell, and we don't need outside help bringing a buyer to it, and maybe – There's the thought process that that buyer is going to come with or without you. But the typical answer I would give or most auction companies might give to a a third-party agent, they would just simply say, hey, we, we don't have it built into the structure to pay you, to compensate you, but there is nothing that prevents you from bringing your buyer to the auction and then paying you outside of this transaction. Mm -hmm. That's very normal. If they love you and you have done all this work for them, then they will have no problem paying you if they buy it at auction. I know it's more difficult (laughs) to collect it and to have that conversation it's a heck of a lot easier for my seller or for the auctioneer just to say oh gosh yeah we'll pay you you've been working hard the last six months with this buyer i'm sorry they want our property that we're selling uh and it's not near as fun to do that obviously if you're the buyer's agent but there's nothing that precludes you uh prevents you from being able to you know that buyer getting you know that buyer paying his agent outside of the transaction that's more than welcome i just like the the the, the additional competition it brings the day of the sale that's more interest. Now, I guess maybe I'm in the stone ages, I'm still having live auctions and we're having an enormous turnout at nearly every auction we have. One thing that I'll say thanks to COVID, it did make online auctions more acceptable. It made online bidding more acceptable. I may be in the minority of auctioneers, but I still have more success with on-site auctions in the front yard, in the field, wherever, the au- in the ballroom, wherever we're having it but we do allow for online bidding, and, uh, and 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 still we will allow for a third-party broker to represent their buyer if they meet the criteria uh, of broker participation, which I know we're about to get into. But uh, to answer your question, adding it on to the final buyers premium, I don't see a problem with that. Why not? Now, I naturally would not want to pay that, obviously, to save as much money as I could, but. Uh, Hey, whatever the seller and the auctioneer agrees, that's their prerogative.
1: Well, it's it's more about offering the opportunity, right? Yes, and I if agree. it's not offensive and it's not taking away from the remuneration from that auctioneer, I mean, we're we're basically starting to take bullets out of the gun now, and we're disarming them and saying there's no reason not to do it. Give give me your I argument. Agree. Well, I make less money. Well, then structure it where you don't make less money. Yeah. Did I you agree. have a conversation at the listing presentation with your seller that says, by the way? I'm not working for less than X percent. This is what our company has to charge you or has to make to make a living in this business. In the event the buyer has an agent is represented, do you want to offer something up in addition to that? And well, you've lost nothing at that point, Mm -hmm. except if they say, yes, we think that is advantageous and you've sold it appropriately. You're building a good relationship with the realtor community. Uh, You're expanding and exposing their their property to a wider audience out there, at least the opportunity for that. So,
2: but I've heard that many people, yeah, we want as many people coming to the party as possible. So, another way, you know, like say the seller doesn't understand it, or we've got an auctioneer or broker listening that says, I don't want to offer third party. Well, make it to where they have to actually do something that adds value to your life. There you go, uh, to this transaction. So, what I've started doing the last probably 24 months that has been just a game changer for us. And, and it, it's, it's a practice that I've talked to now that I'm on the uh, director for the NAA and I get to talk to so many more auctioneers. Um, I've learned that, uh, you know, very rarely is there anything new. Everything's been done before, tried before, done before. It's just with different varying levels of success or failure. And there's always value in just networking and learning, hey, what's working for you, what's not working for you. So what's working for me in Middle Tennessee, one thing is, not on this topic at all, is we're moving our real estate auctions to Sunday afternoons and getting exponentially more turnout than we would on a Saturday. But it's because on any given Saturday morning, there could be five other auctions going on within 10 miles. And it really splits our audience up so you're not competing with
0: all the rest of the auctions we're the only
2: party in town and yeah we may have just a lot more tire kickers and onlookers but man it sure makes the energy and the excitement my sellers far more happier when they've got all those extra people Mm -hmm. there. And there's not many excuses. So that's one thing. Well, you
1: know, the great thing for the people that are serious buyers, they don't know how many people in that huge audience are tire kickers and sightseers. So the expectation of what I'm going to have to give today's went up exponentially because of that crowd size. Mm
2: -hmm. Agreed. Second thing to make this more worth our value that I've done the last 24 months, and it's not... Not nothing new. I remember hearing it at uh, different CE classes over the years, is requiring the broker's agent, the buyer, that third party agent, they must submit an opening bid. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I tried this years and years ago. Let's say maybe a decade ago, tried this, and I'm getting the most ignorant opening bids. A hundred dollars, <laughs> yeah. five hundred, a thousand. So we didn't try it. And, and and all I heard was that doesn't work, that doesn't work until about two years ago, I said, All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pay your commission based on your opening bid. So whatever your opening bid is, third party agent, you're gonna be paid a commission based on that dollar amount. And that's done some remarkable things for our auctions. One, it makes our seller sleep a whole lot better when we've got those offers, those pre-auction yeah, you've offers.
0: Got, you've got a couple in. on the table already to show for it. Yeah. We,
2: we've got them coming in. And and that buyer's agent, that buyer's that third party bu- agent is having to procure a more competitive offer. And it's clearly stated on our broker participation form that this fee that your agent's getting paid is based on the opening bid. And we want this to be a competitive opening bid. You can turn in $50,000 on the million dollar property, but that's pretty much ignorant because you're gonna get you know, whatever, 1%, 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. If you buy it, doesn't matter what the final bid is, you're only getting paid on your opening bid. And when you can lay out a handful of pre-auction uh, broker participation forms the night before the auction, your seller typically is sleeping a lot better and they're happy. It's not that they're nervous, it's just they're anxious, they're excited. And this allows them to have more confidence and certainty because you've had so many more showings and for these people to get, their, to get paid, these agents, these, these third-party agents, uh, in order to get paid, they've got to submit an opening bid. Now, not everybody has to do that. That's just one of the j- hoops we have to jump through something I can't figure out how to do, but I've seen auctioneers offer a different valuation. You get a certain percentage of your opening bid and a certain percentage of the sales price, and that's the broker participation that is paid out at at the closing if you have to pay out the broker participation form. So that's there.
1: And I assume the mindset behind that is you're you're trying to get that buyer's agent to work as the auctioneer the auction company is working for to get to get more momentum built mm-hmm. up out of the gate
2: very clearly and i have i have asked many auctioneers some of the top auctioneers in the country how do you do this and uh keep it simple that, that that's this in life just don't make it where if i'm if i'm an auctioneer and i can't figure out what your terms and conditions are then it's way too complicated it needs to be simple and i mean from coast to coast i've talked with the best and uh I find it when you keep it simple. Uh, some auction companies, they're going to have 26 different hoops you got to jump through in order to register your buyer, and it doesn't need to be that complicated mm-hmm. to offer broker participation. Make it simple. One, you've got to attend the auction with your client. Two, you may or may not have to submit an opening bid prior. Three, be generally helpful. Whatever that means to you, just be generally helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, do all the due diligence you'd like to beforehand, but after the auction's over, There's no post-auction inspections. There's no appraisal contingencies now. The auctioneer doesn't just get to sit on the sidelines. You still have to do your job and make sure that you're explaining the terms and conditions of the sale and realize in these really populated areas, the more urban areas, like you said, most people coming to this auction for a residential house, this might be the only auction they've ever attended. Mm-hmm. They may never go to another auction ever again. Now, you get out in the rural areas in Western Kentucky. I mean, people go for entertainment. Uh, they've all been to auctions. Everybody understands. But a lot of times in the more populated areas, you may have a lot of folks that have never been to an auction. So you've got to keep it simple. And the same goes for those buyers' agents. Don't assume they understand how an auction works. You've got to, you've got to explain that to them. And, and, and really just dumb it down. So there's no gray area. It Jay, all needs to be black and white.
1: Jay, there's, uh, in visiting with a couple of auctioneers, I wrote down, I said, well, what would you have a buyer's agent do? I mean, I hear from a lot of auctioneers. There's just, you know, we've already, we've already vetted the process out to the point we handle everything. There's nothing for them to do. And I said, "No, nah, you know, I don't know that that's factual. Here's what, and, and I've created, I I don't know, here's maybe six or seven things, but they said, first and foremost, if they're going to represent a client, obtain the property information packet and sit down and cover that thoroughly with the buyer. Because the buyer's getting a PIP packet and it's got all this information in it. They may or may not understand it thoroughly. Can the auctioneer sit down with each individual buyer and comb through that? Yes, but you and I both know that's not happening. They have representation that's helping them with that attend the pre-auction inspection. There's an inspection period. I'm going to come with you. I'll bring some information that I've gathered up either out of the MLS or, you know, flood maps or whatever, you know, information. And we're going to comb through this house or this farm or this commercial building together. Assistance in registering and the bidding process. I'm standing there and they're you know, 60, 70 years old, and they don't understand that they're out right now. And I'm going to whisper in there, you're out right now. You have to bid 670,000. So do you want to do that? You know, but I'm going to help coach you through that auction. The auctioneer will clearly do that and have somebody come by, but they've got confidence in their representative. That's what they're hopefully paying them for. Mm-hmm. Assist in filling out the purchase contracts. That doesn't mean they develop the purchase contract. That means that they're setting, there helping them fill those out. The down payment delivery, a lot of auction companies don't have or hold escrow deposits or down payment deposits. They use a title company um, or a clothing company to take those those down payments. You mentioned the appraiser. So I personally just sold a property, $315,000, and they are getting a bank loan for part of the property, but they have like $200,000 in cash they're putting down. It's not that the contract's not contingent on their ability to get financing. It's that financing is part of it and they already know they can get the money. They're not worried about it. It's just they still have to go through the process. Exactly. Guess what the buyer's agent's doing? They're down there opening the house, letting the appraiser in so Mm -hmm. they can appraise it. They're helping to switch over the utilities. They're helping with the final walkthrough. And then they show up to closing and they represent them and answer any questions at closing. Why just named a whole bunch of work? That somebody needs to do if they're going to get compensated, it's a pay-to-play business. You know, if you're going to do all that stuff, then yes, there's compensation for you.
2: I absolutely love that list. And and we've got to remind, remember, you know, most agents, they're, they're this is their first auction too. You've got to dumb it down. You've got to explain it. But as an auctioneer... If you can be an ally and treat that broker, that third-party agent, with respect, love on them, you're just procuring another relationship that could get you more sales in the future. Now, by offering broker participation does not mean these people are automatically going to call you because most of the time they're not. They're not going to remember you. you you, You've got to do your job to stay in front of them and stay in flow with them. But if you're kind and you explain how the auction works, be completely transparent, they're going to remember that and they are going to call you if they ever have a property that may be suited for an auction. Now, that's a whole other topic as well, yeah. uh, getting a referral from them because most agents don't understand when or when you shouldn't have an auction. But uh, I love that list you gave. It's very um, it, it's very it's a very good list. Just sometimes I could you know, I could argue everything there and I'm for <laughs> broker participation, but uh, you know, a, a lot of times agents forget they're not there to try to jam up the process. Oh, we've got some scuffs on the floor. Oh, this house, is, there's, there's some trash left in the garage. Well, listen, that was all covered in the purchase agreement. You're buying it to all debris, trash, or rubbish that may be left. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, We're not trying to leave you a headache, but that was fully disclosed. Don't be calling and trying to raise a headache. Now, typically, it's because the buyer is upset there was a little bit of debris left or something like that. So it, it, it's always going to add another personality, another person to this transaction, and it's always... You know anything could go wrong if it can it probably will you've got to always cover yourself and developing a very savvy purchase agreement that has stood the test of time will typically save you a lot of headaches if you're very transparent in this process from start to finish
1: yes sir yes sir well this is all about human conditioning right if you uh if we're conditioned and the reason that realtors in the mls operate in the business, the way that they operate is because they've been conditioned to do that. They they've done countless transactions under it's this commission. We split it like this. I do this. You do that. And yet uh, there is an evolution taking place in the real estate auction business. Um, and it's, it's going to continue for a long time. But I, I think there's an expanded market. I, I would encourage most people to be open at least to the conversation and figure out if you're not doing it today, who are you really working for? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sure you're going to get an audience. I'm sure you're going to have a nice robust auction, but make sure that you're working in the best interest of, uh, of the client and had a mentor tell me many, many moons ago, if you do that amazingly enough, he said, the money seems to follow. Yeah. Yeah. People will want to do business with you.
2: And I would echo that and, and just say that anytime, if you're a realtor, then we got a lot listening. If you see an auction listed, it never hurts to reach out to that auction company and say, hey, I think I've got somebody interested. I wanted to ask, are you offering broker participation? Find out, yes or no. Uh, It never hurts to ask. Now, if they say no, understand, there may be reasons behind that. But it never hurts to ask and reach out and, and try to add value to that because I know a lot of auctioneers they will hey if you bring if you bring us a client we'll be glad to co-op a certain percentage to you because at the end of the day we all want to get you know from A to B A to Z whatever letter you want to go to put our seller in a better place and um, a lot of savvy auctioneers know how to leverage broker participation at their auction to make more money for their seller.
1: Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, that's, uh, that's pretty much the time for this show. Yeah. And I'll tell you, this is one of the more insightful podcasts we've had. Jay, Absolutely. you've been a blessing uh, to have on here. A couple of notes. Uh, Trina was taking notes over here. I wanted to mention you are a director on the board of directors for the National Auctioneers Association. I know that you've won numerous championships or competed in championships. Um, well respected in your home state as well as the surrounding states. James R. Cash Auctions and Real Estate out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Mister J. Cash, we uh, tell them how to contact you before we get off the show. If somebody wanted to follow up with you,
2: well, oh, it's fantastic. Well, jamesrcashauctions.com, dot and then my name is J. Jay Cash, J A Y C A S H, J. Cash at me And uh, I appreciate the time you guys have given me on here. This has been an absolute joy. And thank you for all you do with the podcast. It's absolutely first class. And I I really had fun with you today.
1: Well, thanks again. This will be up very soon. And we appreciate your time on here. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We look forward to seeing you next time inside the cell ring.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesailring.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sail Ring.